church, family, theology, news, entertainment, evangelism. If it's Christian, then we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome to the Mike Charleston Podcast. This is Mike Charleston, your host, and today we are back at Michael Thornton's house in a different studio, so we got a, a little makeshift studio here in his, well, in his studio. Photo studio. In the photo studio, his wife's photo studio. So here we are joined today with uh, Michael Thornton, as you just heard, and my wife, Sarah. Hello, everybody. I think this sounds better over here this way. So anyway, I, I kind of want to, we're not facing each other this time. Uh, we set it up a little bit differently so we don't get to really look at each other. We're all facing Joshua. So this will be a little interesting to, uh, we got to make sure we keep our voices into the microphone. So anyway, we, last week we had a, a different kind of episode. We, we, we were getting hit by a hurricane, so we quickly did something and then we played a message that I preached uh, last shindig. So this year, this this week, uh, it is going to be uh, a normal uh, episode. We're going to call this the Michael Thornton podcast show, though, because he really I get kinda, royalties, right? That's right. You, you got <laughs> he came up with the idea. We really have. Well, let's just get right into it. We're going to talk about the hurricane uh, that hit us. We've been out of power for a while. And so it's hard to prepare when you don't have power. We're so dependent on power it, it is amazing yeah we waited three hours in line for gas so we could do this podcast right <laughs> yeah we got the generators out back <laughs> no but we did we there was one day we had to wait 45 minutes for gas right yeah and people the lines for gas are ridiculous so first let's let's go back to this that last sunday we got hit by a hurricane uh, today's Monday, isn't it? Today's Labor yes. Day. So yesterday we finally got our power back on. Now you guys got your, the Thornton's got their power on Friday, Friday. Okay. And we got ours on Sunday. So it was basically a whole week. And the good news is we didn't have any damage. Nope. Not one shingle fell off. <laughs> Not a shingle one. Not a shingle one. <laughs> no, we lost a tree. One tree fell down and a bunch of debris but no, the roof wasn't damaged. The house wasn't damaged. We were actually kind of hoping that the roof would get damaged a little bit <laughs> and replace it. But uh, so no damage, uh, no damage for you guys. Nope. Nope. So I was worried about the coop blowing over with 15 chickens in it. Yep. Same for, same for us. Our coop is not very strong and it survived. we wondered if that would last. Some of our neighbors, not so fortunate. We, we saw a bunch of trees on houses. And uh, so anyway, we were out of power for a week, which was like camping. Now, to be fair, we ended up getting generators and having a couple rooms that had air, air conditioning. Which was really nice. So we were able to power the two back rooms. It's a guest room that we slept in, and that had the air conditioner, and we charged our, uh, powered our refrigerator and freezers. Yeah. I, I can't look at you when I'm talking. <laughs> um, and you guys, you guys were on vacation. Yeah, it turned into an extended vacation <laughs> slash evacuation. And then you were coming back the day that it actually is hitting. Yep, I got everything set up. I got a spider web of uh, extension cords throughout the whole house. <laughs> got the generator gassed up, ready to go. 20 gallons of gas. Let's do this. 
and behold, the power comes on one yeah. hour later. That's good. So you stayed you stayed <laughs> away from town for a while. To what's the point of rushing home to to get home to uh, no power? Right. So <laughs> don't blame you there. So we basically were camping out. Uh, the interesting thing was that gas is just hard to find. The whole city of Central, where we live, you know, basically was went out at one point, and no, no gas. We had to keep searching. And Jeremiah went out and just pulled up into our local gas station, and just so happened that the truck was there. So we waited five minutes, and he was first in line. So that was pretty cool. That won't happen very often. Uh, so, anyways, you know, Jeremiah did all the math trying to figure out what what can run on a generator. So here's the the big problem, Michael. The storm hit, you know our kitchen's upstairs, right? Mm. It is like 95 degrees out. My wife is not too thrilled about going to a kitchen that is that hot. And it's upstairs, so it doesn't help that it's not it's not cooling. So the next day, our plumbing backs up. Which is course. a common problem, right? A yeah, very common problem. It, it happens at least twice a year. Usually it goes a little slowly, so we know when it's coming. But nope, it just all of a sudden got clogged, and we're trying to put stuff down the drain to see if it'll clear the clog. But of course not. So we wait about a week because we're not really using the sink, and we get a snake up there, and me and Jeremiah go up there and clear it out, and it's working fine now. But it's it, you, it's amazing how much we take for granted our electricity. Now, we could adjust, but our houses aren't designed for that. And so we, we really do need the power. Uh, I wouldn't put my kitchen upstairs if we did have electricity. That's just, <laughs> that's not a good idea. Yeah. So it is kind of, uh, and it, 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 it was, it was fun. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad, honestly. No. You? Well, Melissa has a question. Oh, okay. It was She's a not pretty good here. one. Okay. Uh, she said, why do we keep doing this? <laughs> <laughs> that's what my family says. You know, they look down at us and go, why do you guys keep living there? And to be fair, this has only happened, uh, this is, I think, the third time since I've been living down here where we've lost power for an extended amount of time. Right. Yeah. And the only time my house was actually destroyed was in a flood. It had nothing to do with a hurricane, So, uh, which is probably another issue. But no, the, the why do we do it? I don't know. I, I, it's because this is where we live. Yeah, it's home. Why do you do it? Uh, <laughs> there's no good reason huh? Every, everywhere has their natural disasters I mean you looked at Tennessee and they recently just had a bunch of flooding uh, from these flash floods and it's everywhere floods Every, well not everywhere um, there's earthquakes, there's tornadoes there's blizzards we can't get away from nature so I'll just take my chances down here I guess I don't know Yep, we know what to do now, you know, have your generators, have all your stuff. And well, we say that, but like I was telling my dad, we, we prepare for this stuff, but I wasn't prepared. <laughs> so <laughs> I forgot to go get a generator when I needed one, and I probably will the next time because I don't need it. And uh, maybe one day I'll, I'll pick one up when they're in stock and then uh, just set it in the warehouse. But I hate to waste it when we don't need it, but the problem is when we hear a storm coming – Immediately, everybody goes and hoards gas and bread and water. Yeah, and that's the thing with the bread. Um, it's like a meme now. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> how long does bread last? A week? I mean, <laughs> I you buy all this bread. We're, it's not like it's like rice or something that'll keep forever. 
No, you, you got a good week of, uh, you know, the, the 20 loaves of bread you bought. What's well, happening? Well, usually we're not out that long. Uh, like they said, even Katrina, it was about a week long. Now, New Orleans was out much longer. Uh, my friend that lives on the North Shore, he was out for about a month uh, during Katrina. So every once in a while you do have those. But yeah, your bread's not going to last you a month. Now, you do have to go out eventually and, and try to get more things. So that that's the that's the thing about the aftermath of a hurricane. The hurricane itself, we we sat on the porch and watched it because uh, the way the wind was blowing, the porch protected us, the house protected us, and we just kind of watched it. And it was uh, it was it was strong. It was strong. So it was strong. Yeah. We're we're still amazed that we we were driving here to your house, and just seeing trees totally uprooted. I'm like, good night. The power that takes. Like I was telling Sarah that. If you had 50 guys with ropes, could we just pull down that tree with 50 guys? Mm. Probably not. And uh, the, the strength of... Do you uh, remember how uh, fast the winds got? 90 miles? Uh, the gusts, so the gusts did get above hurricane strength, but the sustained winds never... It was about 60 miles an hour, right? I think. I never heard officially, but I don't think we had hurricane force sustained. Right. We did have some strong gusts that... When you're getting sustained 60 mile per hour winds and all of a sudden you get a gust, it's hard to tell just how strong that is, but it is, uh, uh, it was pretty strong. And some of those, I'm like, there's no way these trees are going to survive. Yeah. But they do. And it's, it's, it's amazing how strong the wind is and how strong trees are. And so anyway, did you have any other things you wanted to talk about the hurricane? Mm, we missed a lot of it. So yeah. I just live vicariously through you guys. Hey, it was fine. <laughs> Uh, we still have a friend that doesn't have power. Uh, but other than that, most things are starting to get back to normal. And that's all we care about as Americans, right? Yep. We Netflix wanna, is back on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't interrupt my life at all. And uh, so it's it's an adjustment, but it's, you know, honestly, we we didn't have any damage to the house. So that's good. So anyway, I want to quick before we before we take a break, you know, we don't do too much news. And usually the news that we do is supposed to be like Christian news. Uh, it's part of the, the, the song, right? News. But um, so this news, I wish Jeremiah was here because a couple months ago, Jeremiah was talking to me and he actually looked this stuff up. You got to understand my son is a little bit of a geek and he's mechanical and he understands these things. And he was upset that McDonald's ice cream machines go down all the time. He's like, they're like, there's something to this. Their, their machines never work. And for one, we don't go to McDonald's, so I don't even know what he cares for. Maybe that one time we goes to get ice cream, because that's the only time we go to McDonald's for is every once in a while to, to get ice cream, right? Uh, pretty much. It's, yeah. it's not a regular thing. I can't remember the last time, maybe no. one date night we went to McDonald's. Mm. Uh, on your honeymoon, right? <laughs> we did we go did. on our honeymoon. Yes. Our first meal together. Uh, yes, that was classy. <laughs> but that was 20 years ago. We, we, have, we just don't go to McDonald's. So I don't know why he cared about this. Because it's just wrong that this would happen as often as it does. It's just not right. That when you want your, your ice cream, that it should be available, right? Right, exactly. Wow, that sounded deep right there. Okay, so this, this news story came across just a couple of days ago and I, I had to run up and tell Jeremiah, I'm like, this is awesome. And it is the feds, the feds, the federals, the, the federal agents. I think it's the, um, I don't know which agency it is, 
uh, FTC, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, the feds are investigating McDonald's ice cream machines <laughs> because they always break down. And I, I couldn't believe it when I read that story. I'm like, oh, Jeremiah is going to love this because he's going to feel justified in his research. But they have found that a number of the machines break down and they, they feel like the, the manufacturers are to blame and that McDonald's can't really do anything about it. So the Biden administration, as if they don't have anything better to do, is cracking down on these things, you know, these companies that are uh, making things that break and then the company can't do anything about it. So you can get your McFlurry, Michael. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Haiti. I know. Right? Uh... <laughs> Isn't it? It's, it's only in America where the feds would take their time to, to. Now, I'm sure that that's just a funny little headline. And there's other realistic, uh, important manufacturers that that deal with these issues all the time and mcdonald's just kind of gets our headlines but uh, it is funny that that's that's what it sounds like that we are we are so spoiled that we can't get our ice cream yeah it's, it's pathetic but anyway i thought that fu that was a funny story and i wish it was fake i mean honestly <laughs> i really wish this was fake but i don't know are you listeners out there do you really care about like your ice cream machines at mcdonald's i feel like they all break down honestly pretty much yeah anytime you go anywhere to get oh we don't get ice cream <laughs> at, at those kind of places oh. no we do the shake machines are always down the ice cream machines are always down yep Except for Chick-fil-A. It might be that the guys just don't feel like making it for you. So that's my theory. I'm glad you brought that up because here's my theory about the fast food restaurants. You go in there later, they don't want to clean it. They, they're like, they put things away. So it's just easy to say our machine is down. Look, we were at the hotel. We asked for two extra blankets. They said, okay. They never brought them. I called back <laughs> two minutes later. Hey, did y'all forget our blankets? Oh, sorry. We don't have any blankets. What do you mean you don't have any blankets? <laughs> yeah, they hotel. just don't want to bring them. Oh, no, that. So that's what that's my theory is that the machines they probably do break down, but honestly, I've been in there where we we show up like we'll go on a little date night and we'll go to Wendy's, and so we're not picking on McDonald's, and it'll be eight o'clock, and I want a frosty, and uh, they're like our machine's down. Of course your machine's down because you just cleaned it. And you don't want to get it all dirty again. And I'm like, oh, forget it, you know, whatever. So I, I think the workers are just lazy. Labor shortage. That's that's our that's our theory, and I'm I'm keeping to it. So I want I'd be curious if the feds find the same thing I, I found that it's just they don't want to work it. So anyway, we are. We, so Michael, why don't you before we take a break? You're going to introduce what we are going to do. I said this is like the Michael Thornton podcast today because he came up with this idea. And I guess I don't know how to describe it. So why don't you describe what you're talking about? Okay. So my big schlick that I love is having other people enjoy the same thing I enjoy. So right. like if I find a cool movie, uh, you know, make the wife watch it. Sometimes she doesn't think it's cool as I think it is. Right. But I always want to interject my, you know, things. Oh, hey, did you see this? And usually when I do that with like, relatives and family members sure. they're just not that keen on it right <clears throat> i read it to them and uh you know that's cool but they're not getting the same uh jollies that i'm getting so this is just you know the past year we've we've done house church and uh good thing about house church is you can't just sit back and consume you gotta sure. you gotta you know 
there's uh, opportunities to teach. And the best way I learn is by teaching, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of gives me some motivation to sit down, read it, research it, read the Bible, you know, uh, see what this is all about. It's, you know, it's, it's like a bar that's set. And, uh, you know, the past year I've been, you know, you read verses in the Bible over and over, you know, oh yeah, I know that part in John. Oh, you know, uh, you know, I went to a Christian school as a child, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you just hear the same verses over and over. Um, and I found this year there was a, a couple of verses and just a couple of topics that I was like, wow, I never thought about that. That's, that's amazing. You know, you something know. new. Yeah. Something new. I mean, you know, I, I was K through 12 at a Christian school, went to a Christian college and, you know, I've kind of been stooped in this my whole life. And, uh, to find this new little gems and stuff, I was like, man, this, this is inspirational. So right. I want to invoke that feeling and, uh, on you guys and just get y'all's thoughts and, uh, you know, are y'all, y'all seeing the same things I'm seeing? Are y'all inspired as well? Right. Or are you just going to shrug it off like everybody else? Yeah. The, so he, so you're going to have a bunch of Bible verses that just kind of in the last, let's say six months or something like that, just kind of really stuck out. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're going to kind of talk about them. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of what we're going to do when we come back. We're just going to, so we really didn't add much to this, did we, babe? Nope, not, not really. at all. Not at all. Really, you're consuming. We, we are, <laughs> but we really didn't have. It was. You tough just got to, your power back. <laughs> we did. We did, and uh, we were trying to search some things because we've done. There was actually a couple of Bible uh, studies uh, that we've gone through in the last couple of months. That there was a couple of verses that stuck out, but then as I reread it, I was like, mm, not finding them. <laughs> so, obviously, they didn't stick out that much. So anyway, Joshua, why don't you go ahead and uh, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll just jump into those uh, Bible verses. I don't know what we're going to call this episode, but uh, it's just Mike, Mike's random Bible verses. I don't know. So Not anyway, my Bible verses. Well, that's true. Well, yeah, that's right. So anyway, let's get out of here, Joshua. You're listening to the Mike Charleston Podcast. Hey guys, thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you want to be a part of the show and make a comment or a question or something like that, just go ahead and email us at talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. That is talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. Thank you very much. And we are back. And uh, so we're going to, we're going to, so this is going to be a little different, and I, I don't know how to introduce this, but uh, we're just going to try to run with this. We're going to go down through a bunch of verses here. We are with Sarah and Michael Thornton. This is weird having Michael and Mike at the at the same time. So I'm Mike. I'm Michael. That's Michael. But uh, but, you, but you call him Mike a lot. I do. So it makes it confusing. Yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm trying. Sometimes he is Mike. But anyways, so anyway, why don't we just go ahead and and Sarah's going to, okay, here's the game plan. Sarah's going to read the verses because she's a better reader. And then Michael's going to make his, Michael is going to make his comments. And I'm just going to enjoy the ride, I guess. Sounds good. Okay. So first we've got, we're, you kind of broke these down into like evangelism. Uh, Trinity, spiritual realm. You want to start with the evangelism. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this kind of you and we we actually read this verse in the last podcast we did, right. uh, talking about running for the hills and you know uh, should we be you know the Great Commission and all that, fulfilling mm-hmm. all that. And I'd come across this. I don't actually 
remember this particular verse, but when I saw it in John, it really stuck out to me. And you might be able to shed some context of, you know, uh, what's going on, because it's it's something that Jesus says right. uh, before his uh, ascension, you know, he, his, his death and then uh, his ascension. Why don't and, you go ahead, babe? This yeah, is John, John 9, 9 4. 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And, and I remember we were talking about that yeah. uh, the last uh, last podcast we did together. Not the last podcast, but uh, the one that we did together in regards to... Uh, I got to stop facing away from the microphone. Yeah. In regards to um, you know going to the hills and kind of forgetting what we're really here for. Right. And so, the, I mean, the concept's pretty simple. You know, no man can work at night, you know. And what he's kind of referring to, you know, the Son of Man has works to be done here, yep. and he's going to be crucified, right? The night cometh, uh, and he's, 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 you know, he's he's doing healings, uh, he's casting out demons, he's you know, uh, he's the great physician that right. it talks about in the Old Testament. He's here for the sinners, you know, um, and that that concept of you know the night cometh when no man can work, right? It kind of thinks you know like our death, right? Uh, when we pass on. There's stuff that we have to do here now. and now, right. and as soon as we're ushered into eternity, we can no longer do it, right? We don't have the same conditions. We don't have the same setup. Um, you know, I, we were eating uh, breakfast one morning. I told my wife, like, I have the will. Like, I can will it into existence. I stand up from my seat. I walk over to my neighbors across the street. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, we have a conversation, right? It leads into, uh, you know, who God is and his plan for salvation and all that. Those conditions can only be done now. Right now. Unless, you know, Google the average lifespan of a human. What is it, like 72 for guys or something? Right. Probably less than that. I don't know. But, you know, we got this ticking time. And uh, there's going to come a time when the night cometh uh, when no man can work, right? Right. right. And we kind of have this thing where we, you know, Oh, I'll do it once the kids are gone, right? Once the kids right. are finally raised, then I'll go to the college and I'll pass out tracks or I'll do it then. I'll do it then. You know, sure. as soon as I pay the house off, right. get a little more money in. There's always something then else. Then right. I'll, you know, it, it's always this thing that we hold off to the very end uh, of our lifespan. And when you're sick, you don't feel like doing anything. It's it's pretty much over. You know, if, if, you, if you're, you're, your back's aching, you're, you know, at the end of your lifespan, you you just don't have the... the you're done. The, you're done. Yeah, right. Night has come. Right. The <laughs> night has come and, and no man can work. That's right. So, you know, it's, we, we got to keep this mindset off that, uh, you know, uh, we have this, this strict amount of time here and right. we need to utilize it to the best of our abilities because when you're ushered into eternity... Uh, you know, it, it's, it's all eternity. Well, know? right. There's a, there's a, I think it's in Ephesians. Is it in Ephesians where it, it talks about not, um, boy, I'm just kind of going on my memory here and it, I'm kind of foggy without getting any sleep this whole week. Uh, the, the verse that's talking about uh, redeeming the time for the days are evil. That's Ephesians 5. Right, Ephesians 5. You know, so that, that is a kind of an indicator that we, we're here for a purpose and so it's, this was one of those verses that is obviously we, you've probably read John many times mm. and it just kind of stuck out this time. Right. You're right. Just like, Hey, Hey, so what about revelation two, five? We got revelation two, five here. Okay. 
uh, yeah, so we've been going through Revelation, and this is uh, it's talking about the church of Ephesus, right? Mm-hmm. And this kind of goes along with the whole evangelism thing. Um, so, Sarah, why, why don't you hit Revelation 2, 5, and uh, Mike, you can fill us out with some context and everything okay. uh, about the church of Ephesus. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Yeah, so this is the the church you said with the church of Ephesus, and um, they actually had a lot of good things mm-hmm. said about them. You know, they there there was a, a right before this verse. There's a bunch of good things that they were doing. Uh, they 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 weren't the church of Laodicea at all. Right. They were doing things, but so doing the first works. Now I know where you're going to go with this. Cause we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tend to agree in some ways. I think it can be both. It can be, could be a couple different things at once that losing that, that, that first works, uh, if you repent and they lost their first love and you're saying that their first love was evangelizing. Right. That the was the first commission, works. Going out to, to the nations, to right. Asia, to Spain, to all those places. Because this is the repent and do the first works. What was their first works? It was probably evangelizing and going out. And so that's kind of what you're going at. But uh, going through Revelation, which you've been doing at church, this one just kind of stuck out at you. Yeah, yeah. And the the weird thing about this is if the last verse there it says and will remove yes. thy candlestick right. out of his place except thou repent so there's going to be a, a punishment a judgment mm-hmm. if they don't return to their first works right now, in the next verse we're going to talk about that candlestick unless you want to talk about it now yeah you can read revelation 120 because we need to know what the candlestick is what right. does that represent so sarah can you hit 120 the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So right. it so lets us know, huh? It's it not says even it guessing. right there. There's no <laughs> hidden uh, revelation there. It, it says it right there. So it says, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches, yep. right? Yep. And I think it's kind of cool right above. It talks about the seven stars, the angels. You know, you've got these patron angels that kind of uh, oversee and guide and uh, intervene for the yep. church, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the church is a living, breathing uh, bride of Christ, right? right? Infused with the Holy Spirit. You know, there, there's, there's, it's, it's not just an organization. It's right. not just a social club, right? right? It's, it's, it's the bride of Christ. And so it says, uh, we'll remove thy candlestick. Well, if you take the church out of the church, what, what are you, you left with? Right. Social club. You're left with a social club. Right, it, it, a Lions Club, and, and you know it's. It, I compare it to you know my job construction. If if I don't actually go do construction, right? If we just sit around the coffee table and talk about what was on TV last night, order Subway, and then call it a day. Well, even if you talk about plans, and even if you talk about laying foundation, so you if even forget about what you saw on TV or Subway. If you even if you talk about construction things, but you actually never go out and build it you're still not a construction company right right, right. we're you, just an organization and or just uh, empty religion right, right. you just you're just there a, a gathering of people so that know? i think that's what christ here is like you, you're doing all these things church of ephesus and if you read the previous verse it is they are doing some things but you sometimes we can get caught up and i can see why people say well it's the first love that their love wasn't in and i think that could be part of it too 
But he does say, and repent, and do the first work. So, like, repentance is associated with the what? And do the first work. So that's why, uh, going with what you say, with uh, their first works being evangelism and, and, and showing their love. So either way, I think it could be their, their love maybe kind of grew cold a little bit, or their evangelism grew cold. Something was growing cold. Yeah. And uh, so, no, that, that is a, a good point there. The I know we're going to get into it a little bit more down here in the spiritual realm with the, the, the angels and the kind of the bigger picture. But first, we're going to go to Revelation 5. We're going to kind of get into the Trinity. Yeah, issue. and a lot of these verses are, are from Revelation since we've been right. doing that this past year. I get so, it. So, uh, you know, I, I've read Revelation a lot, you know, uh, as a college kid, as a teen in church, you know, always loved the book. But this year we're kind of going through it with a fine-tooth comb, and uh, sure. I'm seeing a lot of cool things. Um, so, you know, this next thing, uh, you know, the the book of Revelation, if you flip to the very front, it says uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, right. right? And that's what the book of Revelation is all about, all about the Lamb of God. Um, and, you know, you have this Trinitarian doctrine in Revelation 5, uh, 2 through 3. And, I, you know, read it before, and kind of passed over it graced over it and uh this last time when we went through chapter five it, it just really stuck out to me uh you know um that the lamb of god is not a created being yeah let's know? go ahead and, and read those two verses there babe okay and i saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof and no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. That is a sad sight, and that's what John, if you go on and keep reading, you know, he is upset mm-hmm. that there's no one worthy to open this. Uh, but then the angel is like, no, 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 there actually is. Right, spoilers, it's the Lamb right. of God right. who's actually uh, opens the scroll and uh, opens the seals, right? And it had to be a man, and I think this is the point you're talking about, that Jesus being God... Um, had to become a man and to be able to, to, to do this. Right. Yeah. So, w- well, what I'm, what I'm saying, it's, it's not a created being. Right. Okay. It has to be somebody outside of creation, right? Cause it says, uh, no man in heaven, which would be like a spiritual being, like sure. a, a created being, right? God created right. angels right. and spiritual beings, uh, nor in the earth. That would be like a King or, you know, Donald Trump, whoever, <laughs> whoever your man is. Right. Neither under the earth, right? That'd be like Sheol, disembodied, dead, you know, uh, type type being, uh, was able to open the book. Okay, neither to look thereon. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but this Lamb of God, uh, Jesus, uh, is is outside of creation, right? In the beginning uh, was the Word. The Word was with God. Uh, was is that John it's one? John right? one one right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so you know it, it's this this you know Trinitarian piece here right uh that you know jesus is god he's the god man right uh, and he's outside of creation he wasn't he, you know sounds good sounds good the so now now what we're going to get into now is just a warning uh this is going to get a little weird you, you might think uh but just be open to some of these uh when you read the scriptures there's some of these verses that we don't know what to do with sometimes well, that's I, now I'm looking toward my wife, and uh, I gotta focus on straight ahead. Here, the microphone sounds a little off, um, but the spiritual realm, 
this has kind of been your big thing this past year. Yeah, it's been a, a super growing point for me because, you know, going. I grew up in conventional church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always hit the messages about love, which are important, yep. right? You know, power of friendship. It's great. Oh, great. I love it. You know, uh, be kind to people. You know, we hit that stuff all the time. But there's such a bigger story uh, in the Bible, and it's in our DNA. You right. know me, I'm an, I'm an epic man, right? I, I hate coffee and emails. I'm bound to it. <laughs> I'm bound to it. I'll do it. But, I, you know, it's, it's in our blood, these movies of good versus evil. Uh, it, it's just in our DNA to, to, to see that, to write about it, uh, and all that good stuff. So as I've been going through these verses in the Bible, um, you know, there's just so much about the spiritual realm Absolutely. that we kind of, uh, don't really look at. Right. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll go on a journey here cause I got a, a few verses that we can, we can go through, but yeah. it's, it's this concept, you know, it's, it's not far from, you know, as a teen, we're like, God's a big old guy right. in the sky. Right. And he's looking down on us like Santa Claus. And that's basically it. He's always got a big white beard. Got a, yeah, he's that's it. For a right? very it's long just time. God looking down right. at us. You know, he's, he's just, he's just him. It's just him. But there's this whole component, you know, this whole, um, he, he's got, you know, his host of angels, you know, there, there's, there's an environment right. with, uh, angelic beings and, uh, spiritual principalities. And, you know, some of these guys, uh, rebel, you know, right. and that's what you, you know, revelation kind of gets into is the ultimate, uh, ceiling of these rebellious beings. Also, well, I was just going to say that you, in revelation, especially as we're going through it, you see a lot of these entities, show up, whether it's 24 elders, whether it's the angels, whether it's cherubim, you know, whatever these created beings, there is stuff going on in heaven right now that we can't see. And so let's go ahead and get, and, and get that. Genesis, might as well start at the beginning, right? Right, yeah. Genesis one twenty six. there, babe. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So right here, people are like, well, what are you talking about? There's something very subtle in here, right? Yeah. So it says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Right. Okay. And I don't know if growing up, did you think that like, you were taught like, hey, this is the Trinity. They're making us like the I Holy, was, yes. the uh, Father, Son, and I mean, Holy I don't know how many times we covered Genesis one twenty six, but early on in my Christian walk, they they did make a point of this being this is a good picture of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost talking amongst themselves. Let's make man in our image, and and even if I don't remember it that early when I was in Bible college, they obviously you know covered this part. So yeah, growing up, I kind of already knew all this right here. Mm-hmm. Well, so to me that where it says, let us make man into our image. Uh, I think God is talking to his divine counsel, mm-hmm. right? And Job, it talks about where were you when the sons of God sure. shouted for joy, right? So when God's creating the world, he's got like this, it's almost like going to a concert and there's applause and like, you know, encores and just cheering right. and like, they're just amazed at his work that he's doing, right? And they're called the sons of God because it's, you know, God created uh, this 
being, the right. spiritual being. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's given the title sons of God. Which usually refers to like angels. Sons angels, of God. spiritual right. beings. Right. You know, some people say the divine council. Right. Um, th- there's different terms for them. Uh, and we got another little uh, thing here in Genesis 3, 5, sir, if you want to read it. it further, we're going to go down the whole track of where, where we're going here. Okay. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about how there was a rebellious, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the Bible talks about mm-hmm. uh, a, an angel that rebelled. He tried to make himself like the Most High. Um, there's be a Lucifer all, for all you don't know, know that. There's a, um, a, a verse about um, he took some other beings with him, right? right? Um, a third of the angels. And, and so you got this, ye shall be as gods, right? right? Knowing both good and evil, um, which obviously we know what happens in, in Genesis uh, with the uh, knowledge of good and evil there. Right. Um, but it, it just kind of reiterates, you know. Uh, there's other beings. There's around. other beings, right? right? Ye shall be as gods, right? Um, and it's not it's lowercase g here. Right. Uh, now, this is Satan speaking. You know, this is the devil coming into and saying he knows that in the day that you eat this you'll be as gods and that is actually a true statement that 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 when they ate the the fruit that they were forbidden they their eyes were open Mm. and they saw knowledge of good and evil and god judged them for that and so they were the gods a small g here it's not god it's not jehovah god here Mm. but those small gods obviously had a knowledge of good and evil Mm-hmm. They had an understanding. There's other beings out there is kind of what your point. Right. For some reason, growing up, I don't know if this is like Dante's Inferno or where I got this <laughs> idea, but like angels don't have free will. You know, oh, right. They're, sure. they're just forced yep. to do uh, their commands, kind of like a robot. I yeah, don't that's know probably where, how much I was raised, probably. I don't know where that even comes from. Because, right. I mean, obviously, uh, in Isaiah... You know, they have um, the rebellion there. I think um, it, no, I, I, this is just off the cuff, but I think it's because that angels can't be saved. And so if, you, if you're one of those that believe in free will, which I am, the humans can choose and angels can't. They can't be saved now. So if they can't be saved, they obviously don't have a free will to do different things. But there's, there's other things than just salvation. I'm sure, I'm sure they can choose to rebel, which they did. Mm. A third of them did rebel. Yeah. So anyway, okay, so we are, are did we do Genesis 3.22? Yeah, go ahead, Sarah. Okay. okay, and the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Now this is not Lucifer talking now. This is God. This right. is the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us. Now there, I think he is talking about the Trinity, uh, that, hey, he knows us, or, you know, you want to say the council there, mm. uh, one of us, there's, there's spiritual beings here, they're, now they're one of us, now what do we do? Right. And he's going to take the tree of life away from them so that they don't eat of the tree of life, which is another fascinating issue, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Yeah. But the, the tree of life is taken so they don't live forever. Yeah, it just um, this is this is just another one of those verses, just like uh, three five, where you know he's talking to his other his counsel. He's his us. Counsel. He's like yeah. he's, he's become as one of us. He's not just he's not up there just talking to himself. It's yep. like court. You know, when you think of like kingdoms mm. in the old days, you know Camelot, and you have the king, and you have other beings, other people that are around. Now they're not as important as the king. 
and he can say off with your head at any moment. But you have this this picture of it's not just a king sitting in his room ruling. He he does have spirits around him. He does. And he allows have, him to participate right in decision making. Exactly. Uh, there's a there's a um, example in Second Kings which I didn't put on here, but uh, the lion spirit. Uh, it's Ahab's demise. Right. Basically, a, a divine being. Uh, God meets with counsel and says, "Who's going to do this? Who, how Ahab's time is up. Right. He, he's he's got to go. How shall it be done? You know." And uh, a spirit walks up and has a plan to put a, a lying spirit right in his prophet's mouth to to basically make him do the wrong right. And God's thing. cool with it. And God says, "Okay, go ahead, do right. do it." You know, there's some weird verses in the Bible, man, like that. Yeah, it well, like, it, it's weird, but to me, when I find one, I'm like, Whoa. Ah, this is it, man. This is this is our movies. This is our, you know, <laughs> it's it's not just about singing kumbaya, kumbaya with well, the kazoo, you know. Yeah, when he makes judgments, he, he doesn't just go himself. He sends what we call the death angel or so, you know, he sends an angel down there to perform this action. And the, the angel will go and kill all these men. And so, yeah, there are. The point is, there are beings out there. In Deuteronomy thirty-two seven, right. So, so now we're getting into you know, thirty-two uh, seventeen. We we want to have our mind on spiritual things. That there's a there's a good, there's an evil. And oh yes. Where mm-hmm. are these? You know, what what are these evil beings? Uh, you know, if you look at the table of nations mm-hmm. uh, in your Bible, sometimes it's got like all the nations that are around Israel. You got Ammon. Ammonites, Canaanites, Aborites, Danaanite, what all the ites, right? <laughs> yes. And they all have gods, they you do. know, pagan gods that uh, they worship, they sacrifice to, they're sure poles in um, the Old Testament. Well, just uh, look around today. You look at every culture. Uh, they, they, they're bigger now. They're not as, sm- they don't have as many small groups out there like the little individual groups, but you still have all these other gods out there that now obviously we have our god who's the king of kings and the lord of lords but there mm-hmm. are other groups out there other nations that follow after their gods right and and, and so my 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 process my point is this is not just a stone right it, it is a, a being that um is controlling a nation and and the people you know it it, it is uh, as we get into Deuteronomy, you'll see that it's it's the gods of Egypt, right? Yeah, so it's, like, it's like you would say we would we would say it's a stone, it's wood, it's yeah. nothing, but it's a symbol, yeah, of their god and which what it represents, a, which is a being, a fallen. Yes, being. and we'll talk. So Deuteronomy thirty two seventeen, they sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Right. So there is other. Notice if you're reading the verse, there's only one God here that is capital G. All the other ones are small g. So not to Jehovah God. They're doing it to new gods and other gods. Now they're calling them gods. Now we know there is no other God but God. Right. There's only one God, true God. But there's other gods, lower g, out there right. that so are like trying a, to get the throne. The word would be Elohim, and you had a good uh, talk about that earlier. Elohim, is it, it basically... It's like spiritual being, right? But there's a, uh, you were saying about the, the L and the... Well, the, Elo- the word Elohim indicates a plurality already, that the a plurality of God. So like you have the, the God, our God, Elohim, God, 
uh, I don't know. I can't click on it here and, and see if it's even used here. Uh, but yeah, there, there are different terms for God, mm-hmm. Jehovah God, Yahweh, however you want to pronounce them. And even Elohim is referred to as God. But the, the, the term gods and the, the ones that are less, less gods, they are nothing compared to God. There, there is no doubt about that. But like your point is that they have dominion. They have they have territory that they are in charge of, mm. that they want to control. They probably even fight amongst themselves. They, they, they are represented by Greek gods, Roman gods. Because it's the age old in Isaiah, it says, I will make myself like right. the most high. Exactly. They, they try and emulate God. Yes. Um, and so there is, it's not just Lucifer and God out there. Lucifer has as many agents and, and these agents go out to create havoc and they want worship they want they might change their name throughout time i mean when you had a roman god and when the greeks came in it was the same god they just changed the name mm. and they just worshiped that same that same god and there's there's different gods throughout uh the all the ages but they they still are taking over territory basically right yeah, they're very they're very uh, territorial, I guess I should say. So anyway, uh, did you want to move on to Exodus yeah, twelve? Yeah, Exodus twelve twelve is is a good one. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Right. So you got that that language there, gods of Egypt. Now we know the gods of Egypt. I will execute there's, there's a lot of gods of Egypt, and actually, some people think that the the plagues is a direct attack on the, the gods of Egypt. Right, yeah, because each those, those ten plagues, uh, you know, you had Ra, the sun god, was was a big one when the the uh, darkness fell over right. Goshen. That was, a, that was, you know, Ra's the sun god. It, it was a huge uh, blow uh, that Moses, you know, right. was, was, was messing with that. Okay, so we got, now we're going to move up into the New Testament a little bit. Yeah, so, uh, you know, like I said, um, we were talking about how, you know, you had Israelites, and then all these people around them, you had these pagan nations, right, with their gods. You know, you got got, uh, the gods of Egypt, right? And Uh, usually they had multiple, they had to appease multiple gods, too. uh, That's why Israelites were so strange of only having one god, like, Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, (laughs) Romans, but, you know, in... I thought it was interesting in Matthew 4, 8, you, you got the temptation in the wilderness with yes. Jesus. Uh, and Sarah, you can go ahead and read that part. Okay. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. So it, it's interesting that one of the temptations that uh, the devil had was he showed the Jesus all the nations, all right? The kingdoms you know, right you look there. at look at all the you know Egypt, yep. Rome, uh, Syrians, uh, all these guys, Babylon. Uh, he showed them the nations yeah. and said, "You can have this," you know. And that's something that Jesus wants, does it? He he's he is going to come back one day and rule mm. everybody and everything. This is a shortcut. Well, thing, same thing that Satan offered Adam, a shortcut. I don't think God wanted to keep him away from the knowledge of good and evil, but I think he wanted to show him the good and, good and evil from the aspect of good. 
Like mm-hmm. he wanted to show Adam what good and evil was through his own process, not the shortcut. And so this would be a shortcut. So the devil is tempting Jesus to subvert the plan and just bow down and worship me. And you can have the nations. I know you want the nations. And so Satan basically is, this is an offer that's not really legitimate, I guess, because if once the minute he bows down, then it's all over. Mm. But the point here I think you're making is that he's in control of the nations. The Satan is in, he's got his. the, The gods of Egypt. Right. And, you know, the people that worship them. It's uh, all under Lucifer at the end of the day, all under the devil. But there are all he's got his hierarchy and his kingdom. He's got other beings that he's all right with people worshiping Ra mm. and Magog and, you know, all those different gods out there. So anyway, uh, we got one. Yeah, more. the last one is just kind of a big uh, summary of it all. You know, I'm sure people have seen everyone this knows version. this one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a good one in Ephesians. All right, Ephesians six twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So yeah, we read this and we know this, right? Mm. But we don't really believe we it at times yeah, because yeah. we we get upset at our wife, our children, our neighbor, and we get mad at them, mm-hmm. and not realizing that there is a battle going on behind it too, right? And we get mad at our president, we get mad at our senators, and especially there, there is definitely a spiritual component behind that. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to go in with the mindset that that of the spiritual realm, right? You know, right. it's not just uh, man, right, and man making mistakes or uh, you know greeds and stuff. There, there's yeah, something they do. behind right, it, right? Right, yeah, exactly. But there's definitely something behind this that wants to distract us and to get us down that road. But our battles are not against the government. Mm-hmm. That we realize that it is a spiritual force that's behind all these things in high places. So now this is an interesting one. We're kind of going to finish this off on. Now you titled this the foreknowledge. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, you could write. A series of books on, uh, you know, uh, foreknowledge, middle oh, absolutely. knowledge. Right. There's something called Molinism. You know, uh, basically everybody says, you know, do do does do we have free will? Is everything predestined? You right. Know, that that's an age old topic everybody always talks about. And came across this verse in First Samuel. Uh, it's it's a specific story, and it kind of plays with future events and things right. that happen. Uh, so you go ahead and read it. We'll, okay. Comment on it. 1 Samuel 23, 10 through 13. Then said David, O Lord God of Israel, thy servant hath certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand? Will Saul come down as thy servant hath heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. And the Lord said, He will come down. Then said David, Will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will deliver thee up. Then David and his men, which were about six hundred, arose and departed out of Keilah, and went whithersoever they could go. And it was told Saul that David was escaped from Keilah, and he forbear to go forth. So this right. is basically prophecy. Yeah. Right? So it, it, like David asked God two questions right. about future events, and, and God answered both, right? So God said, you know, hey, if uh, is, is Saul going to come get me here? And God said, yes, yep. he is. Right. And he said, okay, well, I'm, I'm taking refuge in the city. 
uh, are they going to just hand me over to Saul once he once he gets here? And he mm-hmm. says, yes, they will. So uh, he's gone. So, so he got out. Right. <laughs> but those things didn't happen. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, it, it's, it's like this foreknowledge of uh, God can see uh, stuff that doesn't actually come to pass. Right. Oh, right. You know? Well, that's what makes the scriptures so unique is the prophecy that God will write down things. He doesn't actually write down, but he has, has his prophets write down things that haven't happened yet, and they come to pass. That's where we, we can have confidence in the Bible, because these things are written before time. It's like his signature saying that, hey, this is, I'm going to say this is going to come to pass, and it will come to pass. And it has come to pass. It's, it's like I like uh, I think it was Chuck Missler that had this example, and I liked it. And he thinks it's a clumsy, clumsy example, but I thought it was actually pretty good. That if in a human, we're here on a, a 2D plane, or 3D plane, really. But say you're on the street at a parade, and we think of life as a, as a, um, a sequence of events. First you're born, then you turn three, then you go to school, and then you get married, and it's a sequence of events. And so when you're, when you're sitting on the, the side of the road and you're looking at a parade and you see the first person come by, that's like being born. And you're like, oh, wow, look at that. They're, they're doing a little kind of flips and things. And, oh, here comes some other, here comes the Shriners and their little cars. You know, there, there they go. And here comes, oh, the veterans are walking by. And you can see all that one at a time. You can't really see what's coming up, and you can't really see what's what happened way over there. You see mm-hmm. what's right in front of you. However, that same event, if you're in a helicopter, you can see the beginning and the end at the same time. Right. And it is, it's, 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 I, it, he says it's a clumsy example, but I'm like, it's actually a pretty good example. He, you saw, he can see what's going to happen. Doesn't make he makes things happen, but he see, he sees the beginning of the parade and the end of the parade at the same time. And so by, prophesying here and saying what's going to happen. He helped David along. And it's, it's, a, it's very fascinating that God can be outside of time and yet inside of time at the same time. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I like the example of, you know, John Wilkes Booth killed Abraham Lincoln. Right. right? We know that because we're on this side Unless you're a conspiracy theorist, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, it's, I know that. Right. But it's not that I'm making John Wilkes Booth kill Lincoln. Right. Yep. It's just that I, you know, I know I'm, I'm on this side of the time, you know. Yep. Knowledge is not making something happen, but he just, he has the knowledge and we're way in the future. So we can look back in history and see those things that happen. We have no idea what's going to happen in the future, but God does. Right. And, and, and that's the thing that we want, we were talking about earlier is just that all this end times things as sometimes as we get into revelation, you know, most people, are get caught up in 666 and the mark of the beast and antichrist and like you always say every every time you go to teach it's like what is revelation it is the revelation of jesus christ first and foremost uh, it's not about nano machines it's not about vaccines it's not about <laughs> any of that stuff first and foremost it's about jesus christ and yeah some of that stuff is in there in revelation but first and foremost it's about the revelation of jesus christ and so sometimes we get our focus off and we get so concerned about the temporal things, the earthly things. But like we were talking at lunch, we know the end. We have the, the book. We have the prophecies that Jesus, the foreknowledge, he, he knows what's going to happen. And we can, 
we can put our trust that the Bible is true. These things are going to come to pass. And you know what? We're, we're not promised to be living cushy little lives always, but we are promised that we're going to be with him one day and everything is going to be restored. Right. Back, that, to the, right. back to the new Eden. And that's what we look forward to. And all those spiritual enemies of God that we're talking about are going to one day be judged. Like we were reading, and I don't know if it's coming up in Revelation, or are you reading this last week, the, the, the angels that were trapped in if he, uh, uh, the abyss? Yeah. Well, no, the, the, um, uh, the river, river Euphrates. Like there's four big angels down there right okay, now. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, you know? Like we just read that, and we're like, oh. like there's angels right now who are locked up in the river Euphrates. And like, could we go see them? I doubt it. But you know, it's just stuff like that, that we read in the Bible that we just don't care about or the, the creatures that are going to come out and during the tribulation and sting, but you, they won't kill people. Mm. They'll just torture people for, for a while. And we were discussing about that at church. Like, what is that? Is that, mm -hmm. a, is that symbolic? Mm, I think it's kind of literal. I yeah. Think well, the cool thing is, uh, we went through that verse, uh, it's, a uh, in the new Testament when, uh, Jesus cast out the demons from the possessed man, right? Right. He says, you know, what's your name? And he says, I'm Legion. Right. Because uh, there are many in me. And before that, they say, have you come to torment us? Come, you come right. Before don't, time. Don't send us into the abyss. Right. 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 And the abyss is a prison. Uh, and, and if you go further in Revelation, you see that the abyss is open. Right. Uh, that G Jesus actually opens the abyss mm. and the demons, uh, come out and torment people. Right. Sure. I mean, you know, unless you have the mark of God. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's just a bunch of stuff in the Bible that is like, wow, why don't we read it? Why don't we preach these things and teach these things? Well, for one, churches don't teach anymore. They just, we're, we want to preach happy things. And, but like you said, and in, in what has been kind of going through your mind the past year, Maybe, I guess we could say past year, maybe even longer than that. Like, what did the Israelites, what was their mindset, right? Because like Paul, he has a verse, you know, don't you know we will judge angels? Right, you know? right. What does that mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like Paul has this mindset, uh, maybe I should get there too, you know? Right. It's not about barbecues, hot dogs, and a, and a jumpy house in the backyard. <laughs> it's a lot bigger and uh, more epic, you know? No, there's definitely... Sometimes we get caught up with the Bible being written for me. Right. And how does this, what does this mean for me? Where the Bible is a lot bigger picture than, than you. And it is a, a book about nations. It's a nation about kingdoms. It's a, it's a nation about kingdoms. It's a book about kingdoms. It's a book about a war of good and evil. Mm. And evil is out there. And we can't always see it. There's these spiritual beings and they're on good and bad sides. And the angels, they're there for our benefit at times. I don't know how always. I'm like, I don't know. But they come and minister. They ministered to Jesus in the wilderness. They came, they fought battles that we don't even understand. And Daniel, where he, when Michael came down to the angel Michael, not us, when, when Michael came down and give, gave the message to Daniel, he was delayed three weeks. Mm -hmm. Delayed three weeks. And we just read over that like no big deal. I'm like, what's going on up there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are they actually dying? Is it a real battle? You know, what? what is going on up there that we, if we could be have our eyes open uh, like Elijah's servant that was surrounded by the, the army and he prayed and said, God, open his eyes. And he opened them up and there was, there was a host of angels mm -hmm. protecting them. And we are not aware of that.
Right. And, and kind of like the, what you've been going through the last year or two is just that, wow, God has a, a big picture here. Yeah. And there are, there are beings, there are, uh, there are, um, generals and other generals and, and, and sergeants. And there's a, there's I mean, a, it's kind of like the human world, right? You right. Know? I mean, it's just, there's a whole organic network of people and individuals that build, do things, report to each other, you know, whole yep. chain of command in the army. And his seven spirits are seven eyes that go around and, and report back to God. And you know, this is, there is a, a group out there that are, is on God's side. He's not surprised by anything. Like he's not worried about losing or, you know, anything like that. But he, there's a world out there that is beyond what we can see. Mm-hmm. And I think that was your kind of, your point. Maybe that's what we'll call it. It's just, uh, there's a world out there that we can't see. I don't know. I don't know. We need a theme song. The unseen world. (laughs) So, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, this was interesting. This was definitely, uh, uh, you kind of wanted to do this and kind of get this uh, going. And and I really appreciate it because I didn't really have much. And uh, we're struggling. We're going to get to some of those questions. I I told you that last podcast, but we had a hurricane hit us. So give us a break. Uh, Ida did some damage. And I know there's a, they actually have some good questions about what spiritual gifts are. And I'm like that could be a, that could be a series, honestly, and that could take a little while um, because spiritual gifts are so misunderstood in the church today. But we'll, we will get to that at some point. And we could have covered this question, but the question about our relationship with the two kingdoms, about government and our responsibility to, as Christians to the government, and how that plays out. Should we vote? Should we be involved in politics? And all, that's actually a good question. We're going to cover that maybe next week with Larry, because because uh, he he's in, he's more interested in politics than I am. But uh, it's it, those are actually good questions, and this one kind of would have fit with t- kind of today because there is kingdoms out there, and mm-hmm. there's the kingdom of God, and uh, there's a lot of different kingdoms, and. There are other beings out there other than human beings. Right. We're just one little speck in the the puzzle. We are important. God loves us, and uh, we are special, and he loves us, and he's willing to die, send his son, and die for us. That's how important we are to him. Not that I'm important to him, but the human race is important, and he wants to save as many as he can, and you don't have to go to hell. So uh, all you out there that think you, you, that you're just predestined in some way, you don't have to. God loves us all, and he wants, he wants all of us to be with him forever. So anyway, any, anybody else got anything else they want to say before we, we shut off here? Good to go. Yeah, because I, I lost it. I didn't see the time anymore. You changed the, the thing. So, uh, okay, we're good. All right, well. The generator's well, running out of gas. <laughs> it is, it's clugging out there. Time to go. And uh, no, we, it's getting a little warm in here. You wanted to turn the air on. I'm like, this is fine. We're good, but it is getting a little warm. But uh, once again, if you have a comment, if, if you want to have other verses you want us to discuss along this t- subject, just email us at talk at org. And if you're like me, you, you have trouble spelling believers, you can go to the, well, I, I, we never really promoted the website. But we do have the website, fellowshipofbelievers.org, if you haven't figured that out. Um, you can go there, and there's an email button, and you can just email. We have some articles. We had a website up there a couple of years back with a lot of articles, and we lost them all. So I'm trying to find them all and slowly put them back on and try to write new ones. Um, if we don't get hurt, hit by hurricanes, maybe I can write some more. I don't know. But, yeah, you can go check out the website there. All the podcasts are on there. Uh, there's some other articles there. And you can email us. So email us at talk at org. 
All right, guys. I guess for our host uh, guests here, uh, Michael and Sarah, that's it, huh? Sounds good. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Mike Charleston Podcast.